Hello, this is Paul Harris from Mining Stock Daily, and I'm joined this afternoon by FPX Nickel President and CEO Martin Turin. Morning, uh, good afternoon, Martin. How are you? I'm doing well, Paul. How are you? Very well, thank you. Um, I imagine a very exciting day for you. Um, you announced that it's a new discovery, a new nickel discovery in British Columbia, Canada today. Uh, it's not often we hear new discoveries, so tell us about that, please. Yeah, very happy to. Um, so FPX controls 100% of the Dakar Nickel District, which is located in uh, north central British Columbia. It's about 80 kilometers west of the Mount Milligan uh, copper gold mine. Uh, Dakar has been notable in years gone by for hosting the Baptiste deposit. Baptiste is an advanced exploration, early development stage uh, project. It's uh, it's the third largest undeveloped nickel deposit in the world. And a PEA that we completed last year showed that it can be one of the most um, uh, low cost, uh, low CO2 nickel producers uh, in the world for, for over a 35 year mine life. Six kilometers north of Baptiste is the Van Target. Um, which had been delineated in previous years by our field teams as a drill target on the basis of uh, outcropping uh, nickel, uh, nickel mineralization. So this is bedrock coming to surface over an area covering around two and a half square kilometers, which is, which is comparable in scale uh, to, the, to the footprint of the Baptiste deposit. And the grades of that outcrop at uh, Van are actually higher than what we saw historically in outcrop at Baptiste. So it gave us a very strong sense that there could be that we could add that third dimension in by by drilling uh, in the subsurface and and so the results that we've put out today from the first ever drill program at at Van have confirmed that third dimension have confirmed that the uh, that the uh, the grades that we're seeing at surface extend to depth and in fact that we're seeing uh, significantly higher grades uh, near surface in uh, in Van Hole One in particular than we saw in any of the first thirty seven holes. That we drilled historically at Baptiste. So it took us about two and a half years of drilling at Baptiste before we hit the type of hole that we hit with Van Hole 1, uh, which we released today, and Van Hole 2, which was drilled about 350 meters or colored around 350 meters um, uh, southwest of Van Hole 1, returned very strong grades as well. So it is for us a confirmation that there could be uh, a very large mineralized zone here at Van. Oh, congratulations once again. Um, why wasn't it drilled before? Obviously, you don't know the results before you drill it, but why wasn't it drilled before if it was looking like an interesting target? Yeah, excellent question. So the first season of drilling at Baptiste was in 2010. Baptiste was drilled first because it was accessible to us. There had been a lot of logging activity by the forestry companies to take away the trees in the area where Baptiste sits. That exposed outcrop and great, gave us great access to vector in on the drill target. At that time, the van area was still heavily densely forested, and it's only in the in the intervening years that that area got logged out. That allowed us to go in to, to take those samples of outcrop and to uh, and to and to delineate that target. That target was delineated about three years ago. However, we only just drilled it this year. Um, in the interim, our focus was really on demonstrating the economic viability of Baptiste as a standalone. So having done that with a release of a preliminary economic assessment on Baptiste last year, we, excuse me, we felt comfortable, uh, small sneeze there, uh, felt comfortable going ahead and doing the drilling at Van, uh, knowing that Baptiste really ultimately 
it backstops the valuation of the company. And Van is really all about the blue sky for the potential to host another major nickel deposit. Okay, thank you, Martin. Now, in in the news release, you talk about DTR nickel. That uh, that uh, term will be new to many people. So, what does DTR nickel mean, and how does that differ from sort of common garden nickel? Sure. So, DTR nickel refers to Davis tube recoverable nickel. That is an assaying technique that's used to assay for magnetically recoverable uh, minerals. So, it's commonly used in the magnetite business in the iron ore industry where magnetite, as its name suggests, is highly magnetic. And you assay for those deposits to, to, to ascertain the magnetic iron using, using Davis tube assays. We do the same with the nickel here. The nickel is hosted in a nickel iron alloy mineral, which also is very magnetic. And, and, uh, and so um, um, we also report the total nickel grade here. And the magnetically recoverable nickel grade represents about you know, anywhere in the range of 50 to 70% of the total nickel grade. Um, uh, you know, reporting the total nickel grade is, is not particularly useful, though, for a deposit like this. What's important is what proportion of the nickel is available in the magnetically recoverable form. The higher that proportion, the higher uh, re recoverable nickel that you have in the deposit here. And that's really ultimately going to drive the economics. Um, so it's really a way of focusing people on kind of what the, the metallurgically recoverable portion of the nickel is in the same way that you might um, see sort of copper grades sometimes reported as total copper versus soluble copper. And of course, the soluble copper is really the only uh, copper that you're going to recover in those types of uh, copper deposits for which the, the, the copper is reported in, in both those ways. And, and so that's the kind of the analogy that I would draw. Okay, thank you. Now, um, you reported, I think, two holes this morning at, at Van. So what's more? More drilling to come, I imagine, um, particularly given it's uh, showing higher grades than Baptiste initially did. Yeah, so we, we executed a nine-hole drill program at Van, of which the first two holes today, uh, obviously the first released. Uh, there'll be further releases of holes in batches in the coming weeks uh, until we have finally reported those, those full nine holes, probably by the end of November or early December. And at that point, we'll have a really good picture of what the footprint of mineralization hopefully looks like, of course, subject to the, to the assays of those remaining seven holes that would then point the direction for further field work, further drilling to hopefully pending the assays on the remaining holes here to further expand and increase the confidence in what we think could ultimately uh, be the host of a, of a very significant, very large-scale nickel deposit. Will, will this change your exploration and development strategy, Martin? I mean, you've got Baptiste, you've got a deposit there, you've got a PEA on that, but uh, Van is showing it's potentially higher grade and you've yet to delimit the, the edges of that, so to speak. So will your focus now turn to a fully defining Van and what it may be, because that potentially could be a better place to start mining than Baptiste. Yeah, we've been talking for many months about being a company with a dual prong strategy. The first prong is continuing to advance and de-risk Baptiste into the preliminary feasibility study phase and to behave in that sense as if Van didn't exist. Um, and so continuing the fundamental de-risking activities around, the, around moving Baptiste forward. In a parallel track, we can behave as if we're an exploration company looking solely at, at van uh, and uh, expanding that what we think could ultimately be a deposit uh, and ultimately wrapping a resource model around that so we can compare it to what we have at baptiste 
and understand whether um, the thesis that it could ultimately be larger and or higher grade than Baptiste actually hangs together. If it does in that type of resource modeling exercise, then yeah, maybe we it does impact on our development plan, but we can we can advance both at the same time. Okay, now um, I think one of the things you mentioned at the top is uh, you know there there aren't a lot of nickel deposits out there. Nickel is becoming a, an increasingly sought after and necessary metal. Um, the nickel price is at least at a sort of towards a, a five year high, it's nine over nine dollars a pound. So, um, given that you've now found potentially another deposit. Um, do you expect to see even more interest from from corporates, from from other other parties, uh, potentially partnering with you, funding you, or even taking you out? We do. Um, we know that you know, based on our interaction with those types of groups, that we have a deposit that is of that is of significant interest to them. Um, uh, you know, Baptiste as you know is the third largest undeveloped nickel deposit in the world. It could be one of the large ten largest nickel operations biannual output over a 35-year mine life, um, you know, has a, a low cost profile in terms of the OPEX in the PEA uh, and also has strong ESG credentials, particularly as it pertains to very low carbon emissions associated with the uh, nickel production. Uh, so adding on to that, adding on a new deposit, one that could be similar in scale and, and grade or even greater than uh, what we already have, you know, we already have early indications that is only of, of further interest to those groups. Um, um, and, you know, uh, at the same time there, we see a bit of a disconnect with how, you know, the market, the equity capital markets are valuing our story vis-a-vis -vis those conversations that we're having, um, not to suggest that there's any kind of strategic transaction imminent, but I think as the equity, equity capital markets start to put two and two together, looking at the importance of sort of North American sourced nickel supply to serve the, the burgeoning, uh, battery market going forward. At some point, you know, the, the valuations that we see in other parts of the battery supply chain into the auto, into the auto industry, um, you know, the ability of new car companies to IPO at huge valuations or for, um, you know, private uh, uh, battery makers or private charging station companies to attract, you know, capital at very, very high valuations, that will ultimately start to trickle down into the valuations of the root source of, of all of this electrification, and that is the, the mining companies such as ourselves. Okay, in, in addition to being a strategic or critical metal in a deposit in North America, which is obviously very attractive to a lot of people, um, we need to highlight the low CO2, the low carbon footprint. Um, and if, uh, if I remember correctly, the, 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 you've got ultramafic rocks which um, naturally sequester CO2. And if I'm reading the, the press release this morning correctly, the, uh, the rocks at Van are, are similar to the rocks at Baptiste, and that includes that aspect as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the, the ultramafic, ultramafic package of rocks here is, is rich, tends to be rich in a mineral called brucite, which is the mineral form of magnesium hydroxide. Uh, when magnesium hydroxide in that form of brucite is exposed to CO2 in atmosphere uh, or from, from air, um, that brucite seeks out CO2 from air and seeks to stabilize itself through a chemical reaction by combining with CO2 to form a carbonate mineral, and that locks CO2 away in perpetuity. So there's a lot of talk uh, in the market across the many different industries about the importance of carbon capture and storage. There's a lot of 
money being spent on carbon capture, you know, building devices that suck CO2 out of the air and store it away in tanks. The issue is that once the CO2 is in a tank, what do you do with it then? You've captured it, but you haven't really stored it in any kind of long-term, um, um, you know, practical manner. Um, what Baptiste and, you know, these style of ultramafic rocks offer is a method not just for the capture of carbon, but for the storage of carbon on a geological timescale. When the brucite com um, uh, uh, combines with the CO2 to form that carbonate mineral, you're not just capturing the CO2, but you're storing it in effective perpetuity. And so there, there is a huge aspect of sort of uh, ESG associated with uh, mining operations here, which is a pretty exciting um, thing and, and not something that is typical for mining operations to be seen as fundamentally part of the solution for, for electrification, not just in the supply of metals, but in the actual footprint of the operation itself, uh, seeking to sequester carbon and, and potentially be becoming ultimately a carbon neutral source of those critical metals. That's uh, one of the unique aspects about the about the project. Um, you, you mentioned you're going to be sort of releasing more drill results about Van in the in the coming weeks. Um, but um, okay, let's look ahead to next year. What what your plans will be for next year now that you've got this other other exciting project or, or potential deposit to to consider as well? Yeah, in the, in the short to medium term and in, into next year, we are looking at you know putting out more news on uh, and more data about the ability of our host rocks to sequester carbon dioxide. So we have been a leader in actually not just talking about the ability of, to sequester CO2, but actually uh, disclosing to the market the data around how that uh, reaction occurs and, and what the rates of capture could be here. Uh, beyond that, a big, a big focus uh, of our work programs over the last several months has been metallurgical test work to validate and confirm the unit operations uh, as set out in the, uh, in the preliminary economic assessment. And that work is going well. We expect to have uh, results here later in, in the fourth quarter on the first phase of metallurgical test work. And we will then roll into a second phase of metallurgical test work that will include uh, test work to demonstrate our ability to produce nickel sulfate for batteries. As we go into next year, we will continue on the basic engineering work toward or on the uh, engineering uh, trade-off studies that would ultimately feed into a preliminary feasibility study for, for Baptiste. In addition, as mentioned, uh, in all likelihood, based on our early results from Van, we would foresee the ability to be back up to the project uh, next late spring or summer to continue uh, drilling to understand the, the footprint and the scale of mineralization that we have in, in that potential ore body. Well, it sounds like there's uh, going to be a lot more exciting news to come out of uh, out of Van and Baptiste. So uh, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon, Martin. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for now. Uh, Martin Tareem, President and CEO of FPX Nickel. Um, and join us again soon for more from Mining Stock Daily. Thank you, Martin. Thanks, Paul. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak to a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.